Hey, it's Chris coming up this week on the Pickleball Show. You know, and I get beat a lot of times by people with my paddle. Curtis Campbell used to thank me all the time with my paddle. That's hot, cold-blooded. Yeah, it is. It is. To beat you with your own paddle. That's like when you were a kid and, and your dad told you to go pick out the switch that he was going to use to spank you with. <laughs> That's coming up next. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. Hey, it's CJ, and here's the guy that inspires every left-handed pickleball player everywhere to switch to right-handed. It's Chris Allen. Live from Asheville, North Carolina, home of the Engage $100,000 World Series of Pickleball. This is the Pickleball Show. I am your host, Chris Allen. Sure hope you can make it September 29th, 30th, October 1st here in Asheville. Got a lot of people signing up already. National champions Dave Weinbach, Kyle Yates will be here. U.S. Open men's singles champion Ben Johns will also be here. Robert Elliott, Jennifer Dawson, Callan Dawson. The list goes on and on. And we want to add you to the list. So head over to pickleballtournaments.com. And of course, I'll link to it directly in the show notes and uh, you can register right away in the month of july you do get 75 dollars off of your buy-in so make that happen right away speaking of pickleballtournaments.com the hardest working person in pickleball is joining me again today it is the one and only melissa mccurley hey melissa Hey there, Chris. Great to be here. I have a little office time, if you will. So uh, I, I'm spending it here on the Pickleball Show. I not want to be anywhere else. Yeah, it's great that you actually have some time at home right now. And I think that uh, you've got some, some uh, good, exciting things coming up here in the works, huh? I do. And of course, one of those exciting things was just announced. We have just joined forces with Great Britain Pickleball over in the UK, and they are going Yay! to be running their events. <laughs> Yay! That's We're awesome. really excited. It's been over a year in, in the works. And so, again, just so excited to be partnering with them. Uh, Claire Bell and Sheena Bell, huge partners in this and uh, have been great supporters of the game here in the U.S., too. So we are glad to be a, a part of teaming in pickleball with them. That really is exciting. Congratulations. And to everybody in Great Britain, welcome aboard. You're certainly in terrific hands with pickleballtournaments.com. All right, let's bring in our guest. Gentlemen, I've been wanting to talk to for a long time, a pickleball legend and somebody that I want to say thank you to from Washington State. It is Glenn Peterson. Glenn, welcome to the Pickleball Show. Thank you, Chris. It's nice to be with you, and it's nice to be with Melissa, and a privilege to be on your show. Well, thank you, and uh, I, I think of you often because every time I walk out on a pickleball court, I am walking out there with my Engage GP paddle, which the GP stands for Glenn Peterson. I know you had a major hand in designing that. I love that paddle. You now have the Selkirk Signature Series Glenn Peterson paddle. Great job on that design. Thank you, Chris. I had a lot of fun with that paddle and and Rob Elliott was actually the first paddle company to pick up that design. He, he used the exact 
template that I had created from when I got my first bottle that I that I developed USAPA approved, which we never sold. I just sent that template to Rob and the others, and he created that first paddle. It's got more hitting surface than any paddle on the market, I think. Yeah, Robert Elliott at Engage Pickleball did some uh, modifications to that original design and re-released it as the Engage Encore Max. You can go to the website, engagepb.com, and take a look at that, the Encore Max as well as the new Elite Pro Series they have at EngagePB.com. Engage Pickleball, proud sponsor of the $100,000 World Series of Pickleball. And lots of people I see playing with the Selkirk version, the Glenn Peterson signature Selkirk version. Uh, either way, Glenn, great job on that design. I love it. You really helped my game. That's nice of you to say. I, If you look at the paddle, it says it's signature design. And I insisted that Selkirk in labeling that paddle not call it just my signature paddle i i was with a player in, in a tournament last weekend and he's i said man you play great singles because we were playing the gold medal match and singles and he said yeah but i don't have a paddle named after me and i said well i, I pointed out i said it's my design it's not my play that got my name <laughs> on that paddle uh, and, and so i said when you beat me you know and i get beat a lot of times by people with my paddle curtis campbell used to thank me all the time with my paddle that's hot cold-blooded yeah it is it is to beat you with your own paddle that's like when you were a kid and and your dad told you to go pick out the switch that he was going to use to spank you with <laughs> <laughs> Richard Pryor used to do that's a routine pain, about that's a that. Painful memory, Chris. No, but Richard, yeah, Richard Pryor used to talk about. He said that's the longest walk, you know, going out to the yard to select that switch. <laughs> that that sounds too real in my memory. My, you know, my eighty-six-year-old father plays four times a week, and he got me into pickleball. Wow, four times a and, week, and still? he did send me down to the garage once for a switch. So yeah, that's all real. Yeah, and he used to talk about when you you'd start cutting through the air with it when you're walking back and you'd already start crying because it'd be going (laughs) (laughs) you you guys are lucky you had switches though i know we upgraded to belts oh belts and and that's especially (laughs) your belt (laughs) growing up in the growing up in the 70s you know with those big wide belts in the 70s that yeah that was bad news because some of those had you know those giant buckles on them I know, and I'm from Texas, right? Oh, God. Oh, man, you got the big bull riding buckles on there. Ooh, I bet you were a very well-behaved uh, little girl. We need to end this conversation. This is going places I'm not going. <laughs> well, you're, no, so remember, uh, Chris, CJ has let us all know that Selkirk, you're the only person that Selkirk pays not to use their paddle. Yeah, they send me a little check every month if I promise not to use a Selkirk paddle because they don't want to take the uh, the hit. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to negotiate with Rob Barnes on that this morning. How old are you? Are you uh, mid fifties or, or early? I'm 56. And okay. so my, my performance curve, I'm not sure if it's getting better or worse, Chris. Well, I mean, you certainly dominate the, uh, the, the men's senior division. You're pretty much always on the podium. I was wondering what kind of stuff you see over and over again that could help the normal 3-5-4-0-4-5 player. Um, what advice do you have for them to raise the level of their game? Well, Chris, the absolute secret to winning in tournament is having a better partner than you. Uh, I beat Scott Moore in the first TOC. He beat me a couple months later in nationals and called me up and said, Glenn, you know, I'm not much of a doubles player, but how about we try doubles next year in nationals? Uh 
and Scott turned out to be a pretty decent doubles player. My friendship with Scott Moore landed me a partnership that put me on the map. It, it, it's, it's that simple. You get the right partner and the right chemistry. Things go really, really well. So I found that the key for me is just to be a great partner. The thing I, I see 3-0 and 3-5 players do more than anything is back off of the kitchen line. You know, maybe they're not comfortable taking balls in the air and they'd rather take them off the bounce. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I see player back off of the kitchen line and not get right back to the kitchen line, statistically, I know the points go in the wrong direction when I see the other players posed to the line, owning, you know, owning that kitchen space. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's, you know, overcome that fear of owning that kitchen. And, and Scott Moore does it better than anybody. He just stands up there and he is a wall and he, he and he's so quick. He's got his paddle up. So mm-hmm. that, that might be one thing. The other thing is, is not be distracted by your partner or by the opponents or, or by where you're even trying to hit it. Just think about the ball. Think about where you're trying to hit it, but, but watch the ball, watch the ball, watch it. Amazing things happen. I don't know if you remember the book Inner Tennis, but amazing Love things happen book. Yeah. when it's just you and a pickleball and your partner, and you get into a sort of zone when you get mesmerized by the ball. So that, that's the other thing. It's hard. It's hard in a tournament sometimes in a pressure situation. Yeah, definitely is, and that that is an awesome book. Again, that's called Inner Tennis, Timothy Galway. I will link to that uh, on Amazon.com. If you have not read that book or listened to the audiobook version of it. It is must reading uh, for any pickleball player because so much of that stuff translates over. And that's one of those books that uh, you find using a lot just in everyday life, not just in tennis or not just in pickleball. So great recommendation with that. Now, one of the things, when do you back off the kitchen line? When is, is there ever a good time to back up? Well, when the ball's going over my head and I can't jump up and hit it. Uh So when I get lobbed effectively, Yes, absolutely. I, I'm I'm back scrambling for the ball. What if they're taking a high ball? Because sometimes I'll back up just to buy myself an extra quarter of a beat just so I can maybe, you know, get a little, a tiny bit more reaction time to pick up that ball. If you know they're going to smash it, do you back up or do you just stand your ground? You know, I watched a gold medal final this past weekend where it was a step forward defense. You know, and I see Scott Moore do it. I see, you know, not a step back defense. So if I pop a ball up too high, the moment I back off three or four feet from the line, I just give my opponent access to my feet. Mm-hmm. And yes, it buys me more time, but that means my shot back to him buys them more time. So when you spread it out to get yourself time, you're giving your opponents time. There's no question that if I pop a ball up that I have time to get back to the baseline or back far enough that I can take the ball on the bounce. Yes. There is a place where when you pop it up or if I hit too high of a third shot, I warn my partner, watch out and we, and we back up. So yes, there is a place to back up with a high ball if you can get back far enough. Mm-hmm. But normally if you've stepped back two or three feet from the kitchen line, I love it when players do that because it just gives me access to their feet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think there's an argument for what I would call a, almost a lean forward defense where you know, Brian Ashworth, Curtis Campbell do this so well where they anticipate a ball coming off a high ball coming off their opponent's paddle and they meet that ball and they cut the angle off. Mm-hmm. So they're catching that ball higher rather than lower and they can make a much more effective block without necessarily hitting a winner, but actually hitting an offensive shot when they're in trouble. And so I've seen these, I've seen people do this really effectively. And so my advice to people is 
even attack an overhead at times. Move right into it and cut off the angle so you're not taking the ball at your feet. I've experimented with that some because I imagine it, uh, like say, say my opponent has a high ball and the closer I get to it, the more, I mean, imagine like a cone coming off of their paddle. If they're about to strike the ball and you could just freeze it, do a freeze frame, you could draw a cone, you know, that comes off. The ball could go either this direction or this direction. And the closer you get to it, the smaller the cone. So you have actually more of a chance of, of guessing right and getting a piece of that ball and sending it back to them the closer you get to them. Almost, I mean, because I used to play volleyball for years. And right, obviously, right. you know, if somebody's spiking the ball, you want to get your hands up there and you want to get, I mean, if you can get over the net, get over the net. You can't touch it, obviously, but get as close to that ball as you possibly can. And you've got a better chance of absorbing that spike. And then, boom, it's down right back at them. I know the offensive lob, uh, Chris and Glenn, is used yeah. very effectively when people throw that up and then get to, to that kitchen line uh, to, to be able to be there in that offensive position because it's difficult for that opponent to get it back to you and, and get any kind of winner. Sure, they could get a lucky shot, but you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to be in a position to then put it away. Yeah, that's a very good point. Now, being up in Washington State, do you play almost exclusively outdoors? I mean, it seems like with, with the rain and everything, you'd have to be indoors part of the time and part of the year at least. Do you? Uh, how do you split your time? We're about 50-50, so half the time on a gym floor, though Pickleball Central just built four brand new, beautiful indoor courts, but with tennis court surfaces, so we're using an outdoor ball. Mm -hmm. But we spend half the time on gym floors with a jugs ball and half the time outdoors with a Dura or a Pier 2 ball. But it's about 50-50, and that transition, that transition is difficult to make. A jugs ball and a dirt. All right, here we go. He's opening up the can of worms. We got to bring in Barney Barney McCallum on this one. You should pick out your snowflakes. (laughs) You know, I'm going to be with Barney this Saturday. He's going to be at an open house that we have at Pickleball Central, and I'm I'm looking forward to talking to him. Oh, all right. Well, you got to tell him hi from uh, from Melissa and I. He was just so much fun to talk to on our 100th episode, and uh, what an interesting and inspiring guy he is. Really, something. Yes. And uh, he was cracking us up with his uh, when we asked. Ask him about the balls and everything and the whole ball controversy. I've messed around with pickleballs so much I'm sick of it. <laughs> oh, Chris, you got to play my snowflake one. I oh, love here that we go. one. This is Barney McCallum greatest hits. Why don't you pick out your snowflakes that you want to ski on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love it was that one. great. Where do you come down on the whole uh, ball thing? You know, indoor, outdoor. This one's not right, and this one's got to be conditioned, and all that. What's your take on all that, Glenn? Well, I'm going to give you the 30 second rather than the three hour version. But <laughs> the USAPA really wants to keep the nature of the game with longer rallies, so they don't want these balls bouncing so high that the game becomes a you know three, four, five stroke rallies and really favors athleticism over tactical approach. Right now, a 60 year old can compete with a 20 year old. That's partly because of a kitchen and a low bouncing ball. So that they're trying to keep that ball balancing low. The, the conditioning guideline is, is just a temporary patch that allows jugs and onyx to have balls in the market that are injection molded balls mm-hmm. that generally bounce higher when, when brand new. So uh, they're easier balls to hit, but they're not for the purists that were comfortable and, and used to the Dura ball that really requires more finesse and is a lot more difficult to control. 
Um, I mean, is there a problem with just making a an indoor ball that's just dead? I mean, that bounces at 29 inches. Why Why does it seem like everything that's coming out for indoors is, you know, coming in at 37 inches, where uh, Dura is coming in, it seems like, at 32, at least on the official USAPA test. You know, is there something with the the plastics? Have you heard anything? I mean, is it just too hard to make a ball that is just dead? So the Cosm ball that was the original indoor ball was dead, but it cracked and it bounced about 30 inches and it was the indoor ball. But both it's it's not just an indoor ball question. It, the, the jugs ball, as well as the pure two ball, both indoor and outdoor, bounce 36, 37 inches. Mm-hmm. So all the injection molded balls bounce well, that's what I mean. Is it is it just a thing? I mean, would it, would somebody that deals in plastics say, "Hey, you just can't have a reliable ball. Uh, we just can't deaden it to that degree." I don't know. I'm just well, asking. Well, if there's anybody listening to this podcast who has the answer, I'm interested. This is I, I can tell you, I'm working with our suppliers. I work with. This is not an easy challenge to overcome mm-hmm. uh, with 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 plastics. You would think just make a dead ball, but a dead ball might crack. It might perform differently. Well, that's what I mean. Ways. Yeah. 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 And I yeah, did I can make a dead. I can make a dead ball, but you won't like it. <laughs> exactly. And I did for everybody uh, who listened to the a couple of episodes ago when I was talking with Mike Hoxie and Rocket Grubs. And I mentioned I'm going to mm-hmm. take a pure two ball and I'm going to I'm going to put it in uh, boiling water and see if it deadens it. I did do that and nothing. It didn't do anything. It bounced exactly the same. I boiled it for three minutes like an egg. <laughs> 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 and I, I kept, yeah, I kept rotating it around and making sure it didn't get soft or anything. And it got, I mean, it was super hot. And uh, I let it cool off, and uh, and it, you know, and and bounced it right next to uh, another one in the batch, and they were identical. So, Glenn, I think he has too much time on his hands. <laughs> I'm trying to help, <laughs> trying to just, you know, move that, you know, help. It's like I thought if I could just boil that ball and just deaden it, <laughs> then I could get it. I could get one of those big turkey fryers, you know, that people use. And I could just put a whole bag of balls in there and just boil the heck out of them. <laughs> Be done with it. Oh, my goodness. I'm sick of it. <laughs> we will see. We will see. The ball saga continues. We'll get to the bottom of it have you seen the gamma photon ball we just are, are trying those out this week in my local club yeah everybody and their brother are coming out with a ball right now so it's I, i've hit with it it's a nice ball mm-hmm. it's uh, you know it feels a little bit harder than the pure two it's kind of trying to split the difference between a dura and outdoor dura and the uh, you know the indoor jugs or pure two um the initial take was uh, you know it kind of skids and that kind of thing, you know, on a yeah. gym a gym floor. But I mean, what ball does it when it's brand new out of the box? I mean, even you know, a Dura would will you know skid on a gym floor. Everything does. Yes. I have a question for Glenn before I, I forget it. So, and this is a question that I get, Glenn. Believe it or not, when I'm just around different pickleball tournaments, and people see that you register and play with your wife, who's not known as a professional pickleball player. So, give us the insight as to that partnership and and what why you guys are playing the mixed doubles together. You know, Melissa, I I took my wife all over the world working for Caterpillar in marketing. And then we came back to our home state and we retired and I started gardening. She said to me, she said, Glenn, you're always out in the garden. Why don't you come inside? And then I started playing pickleball and she said, why don't you come back to the garden? Because you're always out playing pickleball. <laughs> so I, one of my regrets is that I started playing pickleball before my wife. And I, you know, I'm very competitive. My wife views 
competitive situations. It's really social things and not, not winning and losing is not important to her. Whereas for me, it was all about winning. And so I, I convinced her to join me on a pickleball court and begin to play. And she was not athletic growing up, but she has developed remarkable skills in pickleball. And we're in retirement. I retired back in 2009. And we are so relishing our time together. And the fact that she's willing to play with me, we drill every other day or so. We go out and just spend an hour or two hitting balls back and forth, just like somebody would go for a walk. We talk and we drill. So I've been able to convince her to participate in this sport that I love so much. And she's willing to do it. And I love the fact that she's willing to enter these tournaments with me. She's afraid often in the, you know, in the matches themselves but she's willing to, to improve, willing to listen. She's my best student by far. And if I'm going to have a celebration on a court, we've actually won some pretty decent tournaments together. And if I'm going to celebrate, I want to celebrate with my wife. And if I'm going to go someplace with my wife, I want her beside me on the court. So it's really more about her willingness to play with me than my willingness to play with her. And I am so thankful that she's willing to go to these tournaments. Because I tell people the minute my wife decides that the tournaments aren't worthwhile is the, is the day I stop playing tournament. So it's part of our pickleball journey that, that works really, really well for us. And we respect people who do it differently, but it just works out really well for us. Well, that is a, just a great, great story. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, there it is for all the ladies who were hopeful that they might have you as a mixed partner one day. It just looks like that's not going to happen. Yeah. And then all the, I can hear all the guys out there going, gee, thanks a lot, Glenn. You're really raising the bar here for these uh, couples playing together. <laughs> quiet, quiet. They sure buddy. did. That was very, that was very touching, actually. <laughs> it sure is. It's, that's awesome. Yeah, he has definitely struck the chords of all of the female listeners. Well, besides, I'm not that great of a player. So if I get paired up with some woman who have these high expectations, I then I, I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, you certainly see, uh, exceeded our expectations. One to get you on the show for so long and, and so glad that we finally did and promise it will not be that long uh, till we have you back and I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you, Chris. And also uh, head over to Pickleball Central. Check out the Glenn Peterson Signature Design Paddle. You're definitely doing something right there, Glenn. Thank you again. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Melissa. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Melissa, congratulations again on GP. Uh, I'm sorry, on uh, I've, got, I've got GP on the brain. That's for Glenn Peterson, but GB is for Great Britain. Tell us again, uh, Great Britain Pickleball will now be powered exclusively by pickleballtournaments.com. That's right. And we do our first event with them next month in July. So looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll put a link to the press release in the show notes. Check that out. And uh, they, just like us here in this country, are certainly lucky to have you. Thank you. We're lucky to have them too. And this sport is just growing, growing worldwide. And uh, I can say from personal experience, do not put on a tournament without using pickleballtournaments.com. They make it so easy for you. I'm learning that very quickly as the Engage $100,000 World Series of Pickleball draws closer and we want you to be here in Asheville. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. So check it out and we look forward to seeing you here. I mentioned earlier how I can see the downloads and where people are in the world who are listening and downloading the podcast. And yeah, a lot in the United States. It's growing and growing every week. Uh, certainly very well represented in Great Britain, Australia, New Zealand, all over the place. And none of that would be happening without you 
and your support. So thank you very much, whether it's uh, mentioning to, to somebody you're partnered up with in your local club, sending an email to somebody who's out of town, sharing a link via social media. Uh, none of it would be happening without you. So thank you very much. Head over to iTunes if you get a chance. Hit that subscribe button and check out freepbxclub.com. We'll send you some money-saving deals and a whole lot more. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. Why don't you pick out your snowflakes that you want to ski on, you know?